Welcome to episode 196 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, I was kind of wondering what today's episode should be about. Then it struck me. Today, we'll chat about lightning safety. Nothing shocking, don't worry. We promise to conduct ourselves appropriately. Oh, boy. Then y'all get to hear a little story from Steve about his friend's top-secret backpacking spot. Next, we'll test some trail food and wrap it up with a great resource from National Outdoor Leadership School, or Knowles, on everything you ever wanted to know about backcountry lightning safety. All this, and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles. Well, over the last couple months, we've had some input from listeners saying that they wanted to know about lightning safety. And summer's a great time to talk about lightning safety because for some reason, lightning seems to hit in the summertime. Every once in a while, you do see thunder snow or, uh, you know, a oh, lightning yeah. storm with snow. That's pretty That's terrifying. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> pretty scary. I haven't done the research, but I assume that it has something to do with the warmer temperatures, that there's more friction uh, in the air. Yeah, friction, or maybe it's also able to hold more moisture in the air. Yeah, we're so, making all this stuff yeah, up. Yeah, making we it all up, but something about summer and those warmer temperatures seems to up the chance of lightning. Right. When we lived in upstate New York, there were amazing lightning shows. In fact, I remember waking up many nights in a row just to these blue flashes outside of our window. It was really exciting and terrifying at the same <laughs> time. It was just, you know, you see the power of nature all in this one strike, and sometimes there's a boom accompanying it. It's just so much power all in one brief moment. And if it was scary from inside an apartment <laughs> down on the ground floor, like subground floor, uh-huh. imagine that same experience, but you're out in the woods, you know, in a tent or maybe even worse, hanging in a hammock. And oh. you're thinking, oh no, what do I do now? <laughs> and our kids had to deal with this last year at Philmont. They did the Philmont mountain trek and were out in the New Mexico desert with the risk of lightning. Lightning is pretty common in the summertime in New Mexico. You'll get, you know, a bright blue day, and then sometime in the mid-afternoon, a thunderstorm rolls through, kind of out of nowhere. Well, actually, you do see it coming, uh, and it rolls through, dumps a bunch of rain, there may be some lightning, and then it's all gone. And so our two kids who were out on the mountain treks received training from their Philmont guides about what to do when those lightning storms would come. Yeah, lightning is not something to take lightly because it is such a powerful force of nature. Josh, you're the data guy. You want to share some fascinating facts about lightning? Sure. (laughs) Lightning truly is dangerous. And then maybe to make it worse, we feel completely out of control around lightning. Like, we don't know where it's going to strike. And so you feel so vulnerable. I think that's part of what adds to our fear about lightning. And it happens a lot. You mean lightning strikes? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and and injuries from lightning. So in the U.S., uh, 200 deaths and 700 injuries per year, on average, caused by thunderstorms. A lightning strike could have over a million volts, 200,000 amps. 
hard to even imagine because in your house you're talking 120 volts and maybe 30 amps. Like it's just totally off the scale. And does lightning ever strike the same place twice? Yes, of course it does. Like the Empire State Building where it gets struck 20 times a year on average. That to me is actually a little bit comforting. If lightning truly never strikes the same place twice, then that's really a little unnerving because it means you have absolutely no control over it. Yeah, it means that it would be totally random. Yeah. But it's not totally random. There are some principles that guide lightning. Right, and the Empire State Building happens to be a tall structure surrounded by less tall structures, and it gets hit more than other things in that area. So that's actually, to me, comforting to know that the Empire State Building gets 20 strikes a year and survives. Oh, do you know how big around a bolt of lightning is? Well, if you hadn't told me over breakfast, I would not know. <laughs> Go ahead and tell I me mean, again. <laughs> it's just electricity, right? It's nothing physical per se, so mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine, but we see it from so far away and it's so bright. But it's about the diameter of a quarter. That's amazing. Yeah. Because you would expect it to be a lot bigger because you can see it from anywhere. When lightning strikes 20 miles away... You see it because it's so bright and all that light shining from it, you know, it appears bigger than it is. But yeah, about the size of a quarter. But then imagine all of that power that, you know, over a million volts, 200,000 amps in a space the size of a quarter hitting the ground or hitting a tree or hopefully not hitting you. That's just amazingly compact. Well, when I was a kid, we were always taught that you could count how far away lightning was by saying 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, and whatever the number was, that's how many miles away it was. But we found out that actually 5 seconds is roughly equivalent to 1 mile in distance. So if you get up to 5, 1,000, then you know that the lightning strike was about a mile away. That's actually a really helpful piece of information to know because if you think that a thunderstorm is further away than it is, then it might make you a little more casual in how you prepare for the thunderstorm. Or you might travel a little slower or think, oh, we have plenty of time. But the average thunderstorm travels at a rate of about 25 miles an hour. So if you hear thunder, that's the time to act. Don't wait for it to get closer. If the thunder is five seconds away, then it's a mile, and it could cover that mile in just a couple minutes in terms of the storm moving. So a couple minutes later, those lightning strikes could be right over your head. It can happen that quickly. And I think that's really helpful to know because I also learned it incorrectly as a kid. I learned that it was a mile a minute like you did. So one 1,000, two 1,000, oh, that was two miles away. No, it was two-fifths of a mile away. like a quarter mile, almost a half mile, that's really close. So it's just, it's blowing my mind right now. Uh, No pun intended. Oh, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) So it's blowing my mind right now that all of the lightning that I've heard, no, you don't hear light. All the thunder that you've heard. (laughs) Right. All the lightning that I've seen and thunder that I've heard that lightning has been five times closer to me than I thought it was my whole life. Yeah, that's a really scary thought. (laughs) But now that I'm thinking about it, it's true. The speed of sound is, it, it takes about five seconds for sound to travel one mile. Well, it's not like thunder can travel any faster than any other sound. When you count to five seconds between the lightning and the thunder, it's only a mile away. So now we're going to answer the question that everyone has been asking up to this point. How do I avoid being hit by lightning? 
Well, that is today's top five list. We're going to talk about the top five ways to avoid being hit by lightning. Yeah, it's cool to know all about lightning, but ultimately, we would <laughs> like to not be the one who experiences it directly. Right. Although you can survive a lightning strike. I've heard of a guy who was hit twice. Wow. And survived. We would rather avoid it. That's for sure. The number one way to avoid being hit by lightning is to actively watch the weather. Lightning storms are not surprises. You can see them coming, and a lot of times they'll warn you in the weather report that lightning is coming. So if you hear thunder, or if you can see lightning in the distance, that's the time to act. So the weather report is your first warning, like you said. The weather report may say that there is a chance of thunderstorms in the area sometime that day, or maybe in the mid-afternoon, for example. And so th that's just a forecast. They're giving a chance of thunderstorms. They may or may not materialize, but that should make you more alert because you know there's chance according to the forecast. And then as you are more alert, then you see the clouds coming from a distance rather than just not paying attention to them. The number two way to avoid being hit by lightning is to take lightning seriously. Sometimes when you have a great outdoor experience, you almost feel bulletproof. You know, you've conquered this amazing climb or you've overcome personal challenges and you just feel on top of the world like, yep, I conquered Mother Nature. She can't do anything to me. Uh, but she has many angles that she works from <laughs> and lightning is one of her tools. So take lightning seriously. If there is any threat of lightning or any uh, rumbling in the distance, it's not a joke. Mother Nature doesn't joke around. She's pretty serious. So unless you're one of the Avengers, take lightning seriously. I'm imagining a hiker who takes lightning casually. You know, they see the thunderstorm coming. They're out on an exposed mountainside and they decide, huh, that's really cool, but I'm bulletproof. And this is going to be so exhilarating to just keep on hiking across this exposed ridge while I watch the lightning in the distance. Oh, I this know. I'll pull out cool. my camera, pull out my tripod, <laughs> yeah. get some really good shots. Right. And as I think about that scenario, I think that chances are they would not be struck by lightning. Chances are they would win the bet most of the time. The problem is that when you lose that bet, it's a really bad loss. So as you look at the risk, it's not so much the odds of lightning striking you. Those go up when there's a thunderstorm, obviously, compared to when there's not. But it's the impact of losing against those odds. It's the impact, the severity of a lightning strike that would be so bad that even though it's unlikely to actually hit you, you've got to take action. Because if it did hit you, yeah, we said earlier that you that some people have survived a lightning strike, but it's pretty common to die from a lightning strike. Something just popped into my head. Why don't we harness the power of lightning and powering things? Because it's so sure. random. Oh, it's, wait, no, but the Empire State Building. It's not random. Building. And you could set up lightning poles all over, you know, a field in upstate New York and just harvest lightning all summer long. Yeah. I'm not the first person to think of that, I'm sure, mm. but it just occurred to me right now. If we have these wind farms, why don't we have lightning farms? Yeah. You would only okay. need it to strike, like, you know, a few times, and you could probably power a whole neighborhood of houses. I don't right. know the math, but yeah, that would be so cool. The, the challenge is probably how do you store that much <laughs> energy in that short of a time? Right, without shorting out all the circuits in the whatever the right. system that you've created. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll work on it. 
Minor details. Yeah. The number three way to avoid being hit by lightning is to find a safer place. That means that if you're hiking and you hear that first little rumble of thunder, you need to avoid exposed terrain. Uh, if you're hiking in an area that's pretty exposed, but there are just like a few single trees, get away from the single trees. You're much, much safer in a forest. Uh, those single trees are like lightning rods. It's the tallest thing in the area. So get away from single trees. If you're in exposed terrain, you are the lightning rod. You are the tallest one in that area and the lightning will find you. Uh, also avoid conductors. That means things that are really good at saying, hello, lightning, come on over. So bridges, metal poles, train tracks, Standing water is also another good conductor, um, but damp ground is not a good conductor. So if you are on damp ground, it's actually okay. Just don't stick yourself in a pond. So if you're just out in a wet field, there's no, not necessarily an increased chance of being struck, except for the fact that you're the tall thing in the field. But if you're standing in a lake or a pond, then there is an increased chance, right? Right. Some people think that you need to remove everything metal from your body in order to reduce the risk of being struck by lightning, but that's just rearranging the deck chairs at a redneck's wedding. You need to actually focus on what's going to make the biggest impact if there is a strike near you, and that's number four, getting into lightning position. So the number four way to avoid being hit by lightning is to get down. Lightning position means you have both of your shod feet on the ground. Josh, any idea why you need to be wearing shoes while you're in lightning position? Well, I assume that shoes provide that extra little bit of insulation between you and the ground. Exactly. Most shoes have a rubber sole. So both shod feet on the ground, close together, and everything tucked in. You're trying to be as short and as compact as possible with your rubber-soled feet together on the ground. This is actually kind of a challenging position to be in for any length of time. In fact, most of us spend a lot of time sitting throughout the day and have kind of lost some of the mobility that we had when we were little kids. Like if you watch a kid squat, both of their flat feet are on the ground. If you watch an adult squat, we do the tiptoe squat where um, it, it burns our calves. <laughs> yeah. It really hurts. But if you've practiced doing the Asian squat or the human squat with both flat feet on the ground a little bit every day, you can get to the point where you can put both flat feet on the ground while you squat. It takes a while. It took me a while. <laughs> and it requires some practice and balance. But it's a position, that squatting position, that you should revisit regularly because it's one of those ancient human positions that back in the past we were able to squat with both feet on the ground but because of our modern culture we're not able to do that anymore but this is one of the reasons why it's important it allows you to get into lightning position and protect yourself it also makes it so you can weed your garden a lot easier and <laughs> stay flexible into your 90s and stuff there are lots of great reasons for the squat um but yeah getting down into lightning position is the next critical step in avoiding being hit by lightning. And the fifth way to avoid being hit by lightning is to stay at least 50 feet away from your friends. Imagine all five of you bunched up in one clump and the lightning strike hits one of you. Well, it's going to get all five of you, right? 
because you're so close to each other. And so that you increase your risk by huddling together. That if one of you gets struck, you've all been struck, and now you're <laughs> really in trouble. If you're spread out at least 50 feet apart from each other, then if one of you gets struck, the other four have not been struck and can help out and come to the rescue. So to avoid being hit by lightning, make sure you watch the weather, take lightning seriously. If you have time, find a safer place, get down, and stay at least 50 feet away from your friends. Well, we had a short little listener story today. One of our listeners, Steve, shared about his friend's secret camping spot and why it wasn't as amazing <laughs> as his friend made it out to be. My name is Steve Van Cooteren, and I've been a lifelong mountain person. Started off with the Boy Scouts and then teenager backpacking the Adirondacks. Uh, I was a geologist out west looking for gold for many years. Then I had a 20 years of mountaineering all over the world. And then uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, did 10 years of research and rescue, and then moved back to Pennsylvania. And uh, now I'm into ultra lightweight backpacking and started to listen to the podcast about six months ago during my weekly hikes. And uh, as far as a story goes, um, Secret Camping Spot, that was a, a funny episode. It reminded me once uh, when we were in Santa Fe, went to New Mexico, Colorado border. We had a friend just always telling about his secret camping spot and how beautiful it was. And so my wife and I went there on a, like a three-day trip. And once we got into this valley that he talked about all the time, they had the cows back there for about two months. And when we got there in August, the whole place was filled with cow patties. Unbelievable. Of course, we tried to stay one night, but it, we couldn't even find a nice spot. It was just a disaster. We want to thank Steve for sharing. Steve is actually also going to share our trail wisdom today because he's had some SNR or search and rescue experience and gleaned some trail wisdom from that experience. It's just four words long, but it's powerful. And we thought it went perfectly with today's episode about lightning. For today's Summit Gear Review, we'll be reviewing Scout Backcountry Bars. A couple months ago, in our Cairn box, we got one Scout Backcountry bar. And so we promised that we'd review these bars in an upcoming episode. And here we are. Except I found out that Scout does more than just bars. They actually do these really cool flavored pepitas. Do you know what pepitas are? Yeah, pumpkin seeds. Yeah. So it's inside the shell of a pumpkin seed. Yeah, they're the shelled pumpkin seeds. They're green and they're so cute. And so Scout makes bars. They make organic energy bars. They also make organic plant-based protein bars. And then they make these organic roasted pumpkin seeds that are all different flavors. So a really great selection of flavors and nutritional density and calorie density that we thought was the perfect combination for backpacking. So these bars have really basic ingredients. Things like dates, almonds, coconut, pumpkin seeds, chocolate, apples, cinnamon. And for the organic energy bars, there's six different flavors of the Scout Backcountry bars. Now they have a different bar, which is the plant-based protein bar. And the protein bars are a little bit heftier. So they're about two ounces, 270 calories, which is great for backpacking. That's about 135 calories per ounce. 
And then the one I'm holding right now is the Dark Chocolate Cherry Organic Plant-Based Protein Bar from Scout. And it's made with pumpkin seeds, dates, chocolate, cherry juice concentrate, and almonds. So the Scout Organic Energy Bars are great, but the plant-based protein ones are more energy dense. Now, if you're looking for something even more energy dense, something with more calories per ounce, definitely go for the Scout Organic Roasted Pumpkin Seeds, or the Pepitas. Those come in eight different flavors. So you have the Himalayan sea salt, salt and vinegar, which I'm gonna try that one today, sweet Texas barbecue, spicy Texas chili, toasted coconut, mountain ranch, smooth cocoa, and cane sugar and cinnamon. So if you're looking for variety and caloric density, these organic roasted pumpkin seeds are the way to go. But I guess it kind of comes down to, to what's your, what are you in the mood for? And so I love that Scout has so many different flavors because then you won't get burnt out on one flavor. So we have some options here in front of us to try. We're each going to test out something from Scout Backcountry. Josh, what do you pick? I think I'll go for the sugar and cinnamon pumpkin seeds. Yeah, 180 calories in 1.1 ounce. Yeah, so these are just loose pumpkin seeds, and these are the most calorically dense of what Scout Backcountry offers. And by the way, the pumpkins are grown right here in the Willamette Valley in Oregon. No way. How about that? Aww. We've probably driven past those pumpkins. Right, we are eating pumpkin seeds from something that may have just been a few miles away. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so I'll tear the little tab that they have here in the package. Of course, I'm trying to do one-piece trash here, too. Oh, two-piece trash. <laughs> I tore it off all the way. Oh, well. Now I've got a hole in my bag to dump out some pumpkin seeds. These ones are really dark looking, so they've been roasted, so they're kind of a, a dark green. You can have some too. So those were sugar and cinnamon. Pretty light on the cinnamon overall, but real good flavor. Well, I'm going to try the organic plant-based protein bar. This one is a dark chocolate cherry. Only five ingredients, chocolate, cherry juice, dates, pumpkin seeds, and almonds. Ah, two-piece trash. <laughs> Don't judge. <laughs> Ooh, it has a really strong chocolate smell. Like a deep, dark chocolate smell. Yeah, and a consistency maybe similar to a Lara bar, do you think? Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Lara bars, they're a date-based bar. They have the consistency of chocolate chip cookie dough or maybe a little bit thicker peanut butter cookie dough maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're kind of chewy, soft bars. You can definitely taste the punch of the cherry and then the uh, depth of the chocolate. And even though it has cherry juice in it, it's not overpoweringly sweet. Even with the dates in it, it's not overpoweringly sweet. So I think the chocolate must mellow it out a lot. And the pumpkin seeds too. Yeah, overall you get a, a nice mix. 17 grams of fat, 19 grams of carbs, and 10 grams of protein. And when we say carbs, it's the carbs that come from something real, not just the simple carbs like table sugar. These are carbs that have like vitamins and minerals behind them. Now this is interesting. I just thought I would compare it to the pumpkin seeds. They have 15 grams of fat, only 4 grams of carbs, and still 10 grams of protein. So the seeds are really high in protein. Yeah, the seeds have a greater percentage of calories from protein than the protein bars have. That's because the protein bars are mixed with other things like the dates and things. So yeah, a lot of people think you need beef jerky to, <laughs> to keep up your protein, but actually you can do that with plants. 
Yeah, as simple as pumpkin seeds. Who knew? So these Scout Backcountry bars and seeds are high energy, they're high on nutrition, and it's food with real ingredients. For investment, you're looking about 2 to $3 a package, and you can get a box, like a variety pack box, on Amazon. And so you'll pay like between 2 and $3 a bar or a package. And then you get to taste all the flavors. You could have one for every day of your hike. One of the things that I noticed about the pumpkin seeds is they don't have a really strong uh, coating or flavoring on them. So I think like when we eat traditional American snack foods like Doritos or Cheetos, we expect our fingers to be coated with that powder that's on the outside. But the Scout Backcountry pumpkin seeds are very lightly coated and just kind of alter the flavor just subtly. So really the pumpkin seed shines instead of the overpowering, you know, MSG and all those different things that they put on Doritos and Cheetos and all those American snacks. And I think that's a really good thing on a backpacking trip because uh, you can sort of get flavor fatigue. Uh, while you're you're hiking down the trail all day, you're you're munching on things like these for trail food throughout the day. You're not eating it all in one sitting in one meal, spreading it out throughout the day. And sometimes a strong flavor can become overpowering because you may be munching on it over the course of an hour, and pretty soon you're like, "Wow, this, I, I can't take one more bite. I am just done with this flavor." So it's good to have a milder flavor like these do. So Scout Backcountry Bars and the Scout Backcountry Organic Roasted Pumpkin Seeds, you can find them at outdoor stores, you can find them on Amazon, and we'll have the link to them in today's show notes. You can go check out their website and check out all the different flavors and find out what's new with Scout Backcountry. And you can find that link at thefirst40miles.com slash 196. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, we have a document. Woo, woo. Documents. We love documents. <laughs> this is like the lightning safety document that everyone should read. Like if you didn't get enough from today's episode and you just want to read more, you are hungry for information on lightning, this is the document. It was put together by the National Outdoor Leadership School, better known as Knowles. N-O-L-S. And when it comes to backcountry best practices, they kind of wrote the book, right? They kind of wrote the document. They do the school, they do the training. They know a ton about backcountry safety. That document was where we got a lot of information for today's episode. We weren't able to share all the information in there, so we're sending you on a mission. Go check out that document. We'll have the link in today's show notes, or you can just Google it and read about backcountry lightning safety. Get it straight from the National Outdoor Leadership School. It's a 15-minute read that could save your life. And the link will be at thefirst40miles.com slash 196. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom. This trail wisdom is something that was shared by a listener named Steve, and we thought it would be best coming from his mouth. He did search and rescue, and this was a piece of wisdom that reminds us that we're not bulletproof out there. It reminds us that Mother Nature is pretty powerful, and while she is beautiful, there are some risks. So take it away, Steve. One of the phrases we used to always say was, the mountain doesn't care. 
That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun backpacking books and merch, check out thefirst40miles.com slash shop. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Now let's share our lightning facts. Why don't we do this kind of quickly, you know, kind of like lightning yeah. round. Sorry. Here we go. I'm just mad because I can't think of another one. Uh, that's okay. Inspiration will strike soon. Today's trail we- wisdom. <laughs> oh, it's just getting worse. Uh,